Hello again, this is World Pastor Tony Alamo. This is program number 793. Uh, if you'd like to have a copy of it, Sharon will tell you how at the end of the program. Just let her know whether you need a CD or an audio tape, and we'll send it to you. All right, we, um, today I have, I'm continuing on in the 12th chapter of the book of Proverbs. I've got music and letters, but let, I want to pray now to God. Join me if you'd like. Father, anoint me and open up the hearts and souls and spirits of everyone out in radio land. Open their minds. Lord, we know that we must receive you and no one else in order to enter into the kingdom of God. Let your words flow through me as uh, you, your main goal is to live in human flesh. This is the mystery of godliness, is that you live in human flesh and uh, work in human flesh. This is the mystery of holiness. And so therefore, Lord, if that happens, it's for sure all men will be drawn unto you that we're going to be living in heaven. And um, many souls, that uh, not as many as going to hell, but as many souls as will, let them come unto you that they might be Save, filled with the Holy Spirit, with the, your power, and continue on in the faith of our fathers. Rebuke Satan, Lord, in Jesus' name. Uh, help all those that are in you and you in them. Destroy every force that's coming against them, Father God, in the mighty name of Jesus. I pray, and everyone says amen. amen. All right, uh, there's a song that I sang years ago on television. Uh, we were on TV for 10 years, and it was Susie telling about that she was going to die uh, because the Lord let her know that. And the Lord also told her that he's going to uh, bring her back again. And when that's going to happen, she said it'd be a long time. It's been over 26 years now. And I sang it because of the fact that um, when God gives you a woman or when he gives you anything, you're supposed to cherish it and hold it very dear to your heart. And uh, people are not to commit adultery or to leave or forsake their wives, as Jesus said, he would never leave or forsake us. The problem is many people leave their wives and their children to fend for themselves. And Jesus would never leave or forsake a person that keeps his commandments. However, um, if they leave him, uh, he has nothing to do with them any longer. He uh, says that they're like dogs that have gone back to their vomit and sows that have gone back to their wallowing in the mire. 
Well, you know, marriage is sacred, it's holy. And when people make vows, they're to keep them because that's the will of God. And if people leave one another and commit a fornication with others or they're committing adultery, they in no wise can enter the kingdom of heaven. And so, so there are songs that are written like, Till the end of time, I'll be with you. I'll, I'll, I'll never until the time that you die. or, And even through eternity, I'm going to love you forever. And uh, because God made you mine, God gave you to me. And here I am to sing uh, for you, Till the End of Time.
Praise the Lord. You know, um, today people are getting married and then they get a divorce and then they leave uh, or they'll just take off and leave their wife and children. The Bible says that there's um, more condemnation to a person that doesn't support their wives and their children. Um, more condemnation than to an infidel because they're worse than infidels. Now, I agree that if a woman commits uh, fornication, just as Jesus said, uh, or she commits adultery on a man, she isn't worth having, and she certainly isn't worth supporting. The problem is that many judges uh, make it uh, to where that's what they have to do. A lot of men uh, have gone to prison because they... Uh, uh, what they say they abused their wives, but in the Old Testament, and it never changed in the New Testament, that uh, a woman that commits adultery is to be put to death. Uh, Jesus, uh, there's a, they brought a woman caught in the very act of adultery, and uh, they uh, told him, you know, it's written, Moses has written it by the Holy Spirit, of course, that... Um, if a woman is caught in adultery, that she's to be stoned to death. Now, what about this woman here? What about it, Jesus? And so he wrote in the sand. It doesn't say what he wrote, but I believe he wrote, uh, yes, this is true. Uh, women should be uh, put to death if they commit adultery. And... Um, so what happens is, uh, but he says, those of you that are without sin, you cast the first stone. Well, uh, many ministers believe that the probability is, is that they all committed adultery with her, so they had to be stoned to death as well. And uh, so, uh, therefore, uh, we see a lot of men uh, killing their wives. Uh, you take O.J. Simpson, for instance. She was committing adultery on him. Um, and people say, well, he was threatening her on the phone. Well, <laughs> uh, stoning a woman to death is a lot more than threatening them. I'm not standing up for uh, him at all. Uh, but in the Old Testament, he would have had the perfect right to stone her to death. She was openly uh, committing adultery on him, and he thought, I'm the great O.J. Simpson, and nobody's going to commit adultery on me for some little busboy. And that's what he thought, and so when she did that, he'd call her up and threaten her. This, uh, the Bible says that uh, jealousy is the rage of a man. Women ought to... Um, be careful of what they do because they could wind up the same way that O.J. did. Adultery is one of the sins that the Lord says that we can divorce our wives. Uh, a woman, a virtuous woman, is uh, worth her weight in platinum, gold, diamonds, and rubies, and every precious thing. Worth more than that. A godly woman but uh, a beautiful woman that is uh, a bum she's an adulteress she's like 
a swine with a ruby or a diamond in her nostrils. It's a pig, according to Scripture. And if we want to get into heaven, we have to pay strict attention to Scripture. Amen? Yes. So, uh, but if the wicked restore the pledge that they made to God, that they will not sin again, and it's for sure adultery and fornication is sin enough to get your souls into hell. And if they give again um, the things that they had robbed from people, they've robbed God, they haven't paid their tithes or whatever. And if they walk in the statutes of life, and the statutes of life is the law of God, which is the Bible. Word of God, if they walk in the statutes of life without committing iniquity again, uh, he shall surely live. God will definitely forgive you if you totally repented. And repentance means that you repent and forsake all the robberies and all the statutes that you've broken of life and without committing iniquity again. You shall surely live, and you shall not uh, die and go to hell. That's Ezekiel 33:15. The Apostle Paul states, speaking of the work of repentance, he said to uh, his disciples there, he sorrowed after a godly sort. What carefulness, because when you found out you're sinning and that your soul, God can make you sick or bring a tsunami into your area or an earthquake, or he could bring disease, sickness, infirmities to you. And you wonder, why is this happening to me? Uh, a tornado came through and destroyed our house. And people began blaming God. God did it all right, but there's something wrong in your life. Or he wouldn't be uh, creating a sorrowful uh, environment for you. But when he chastens you, he's chasing you because he loves you. And Paul says, you sorrowed after a godly sort. And then he said, what carefulness it wrought in you. Yes, if a tornado hits my house, I'm going to wonder what's wrong with me. I'm not going to say what's wrong with God because all things are of the Lord. Yee, uh, yea, what clearing of yourselves, your consciences when you repent. Yea, what indignation against yourself. Amen. Yea, what fear of God it put in you. Yea, what uh, vehement desire. Yea, what zeal to do the will of God. Yea, what revenge against Satan. In all things you have approved yourselves to be clear, your conscience clear, in all these matters that you did wrong before, and now you know that you have repented, you're clear now, and uh, you don't have to walk around with an evil conscience, a conscience that is condemning you all day long. 
2 Corinthians 7.11 is where that is. You can remember 7.11 by remember the, uh, those uh, convenience stores. 2 Corinthians 7.11 But if sinning has deadened the moral perceptions, the wanderer does not discern the effects of his character. He don't understand anymore because uh, you're benumbed by the spirit of Satan. Nor do you realize the enormity of the evil he has committed. And the less he yields to the convicting power of the Holy Spirit on the conscience. He remains in partial blindness to his sin. His confessions are not uh, sincere or in earnest to every acknowledgement of his guilt. He adds an apology, an excuse of his course, uh, declaring that uh, if it had not been for certain circumstances, he would not have done this or that or this or that and this or that. For which he was reproved after after Adam and Eve had eaten of the forbidden fruit, they were filled with a sense of shame and terror. Why terror? Because God, they knew that God said, if they did it, they're going to die. In the day that you do that, you eat from this tree of the knowledge of good and evil, which is the same thing as your computers today. At first... Their only thought was how to excuse their sin and to escape the dreaded sentence of death. There was a sentence of death. They knew that the Lord doesn't lie. When the Lord inquired concerning their sin, Adam replied, laying the guilt and penalty upon God himself and partially upon his companion that God had given him. Quote, he said to God, quote, the woman whom thou gavest to, to be with me, she gave me the fruit of the tree, and I did eat. Unquote. The woman put the blame upon the serpent, saying, The serpent beguiled me, and I did eat, Genesis three twelve and 13. In other words, God, why did you make the serpent? I wouldn't have been beguiled if it wasn't for him or her, whatever it is. Why did you suffer him to come into Eden? These were the questions implied in her excuse for the uh, her sin. Thus changing God and uh, to to be evil, and also charging God with the responsibility of their fall. 
the spirit of self-justification originated in the father of lies, that's the devil, and his same spirit has been exhibited by all humanity, all the sons and daughters of Adam. Con oh, uh, you know, blaming God for what the devil is doing unto them. God, why did you put this condemnation on us? Why did you send the tornado and it tore our house down? We've worked hard for this all your life. Because you're sinners and God hates sin. And he wants you to repent before you go out into eternity because of the fact that all, there's no sin that's going to enter the kingdom of God. That's why. Well, why did you kill my son, my daughter? Why didn't you walk uprightly so that uh, your son and daughter would be blessed by God and that you would be blessed by God and your wife would be blessed by God and your house would be blessed by God? Why didn't you? Don't try, try to start trying to blame God for what the devil did. Don't blame God for you following the devil. God is going to pour out wrath on this earth. He drowned the whole world at one time. And you're going to be part of the same thing, only this time it's going to be by fuego, fire. Wake up. you got to learn God's ways. This is what he does to people. And don't blame God for it because he's trying to save your soul, trying to get you to repent, bring you down, break you. And give you a contrite heart. Confesses of this order are not inspired by God's holy divine spirit. And will not be uh, acceptable to God. You blaming God? For what the devil's doing to, uh, doing to you. And that you're doing following Satan's will. The repentance will lead a man to bear uh, his own guilt himself. If you're going to repent, you did it. Not your grandmother because she slapped you in the face. Or your mother that didn't hold you long enough. It'll lead a man to bear his own guilt. Bear your own guilt. You're the one that sinned. God's going to, you're going to stand before God anyway. You, and you can't hide anything from God. You can't hide from God. You can't run into the house or into the chicken coop. And acknowledge it without the uh, deception. It's, uh, you know, acknowledge your own guilt without deception of hypocrisy like the poor publican. Not lifting up so much as his eyes unto heaven. He will cry, Oh God, be merciful to me, a sinner. He's justified by God. Because he's not a liar, he's not a hypocrite, he's not shifting blame of the sin that he did on somebody else. You know, we're, we're living around billions of sinners. And we can't be saying, oh, because everybody else is doing it, it's going to be all right for me as well. That doesn't work. You say, well, God's not going to send all of them to hell. He did 
when he flooded the whole world, the only ones that were saved were the eight souls that were on the ark and a bunch of animals. Oh, everyone tried to get back on the boat. Oh, I want to repent now that uh, water's up to their necks and uh, over their ears. So the poor sinner cries. The honest publican. God be merciful to me, a sinner. Oh my God, I've sinned. And those who do acknowledge their guilt will be justified so long as they continue on in the Lord. For Jesus will plead his blood on behalf of the repentant soul, not the one that's exalting themselves and make, trying to make people believe around them that they're of the Lord. The Lord! Your Lord is the devil. The examples in God's word are genuine repentance and humiliation. Reveal a spirit of confession in which there is no excuse for sin or an attempt at self-justification. Paul didn't seek to shield himself. He uh, paints his sin in its darkest hue, not attempting to lessen his guilt. He says, quote, Many of the saints did I shut up in prison, having received authority from the chief priests. And when they were put to death, I gave my voice against them, and I punished them many times, oft, oftentimes, in every synagogue, and compelled them to blaspheme God. And being exceedingly insane or mad against them, I persecuted them, even unto strange cities. Find that in the book of Acts, chapter 26, verses 10 and 11. He doesn't hesitate to declare that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, of who I am chief, 1 Timothy 1, 15. The humble and broken heart, subdued by genuine repentance, will appreciate something of the love of God and the cost of Calvary. The cost, what was it? God in the flesh came and died for us. You too. And as a son confesses to a father, so will the truly penitent person Bring all his sins before God. It is written, quote, if we confess our sins, and of course it says forsake them, that means don't do them anymore. He is faithful and just to forgive uh, us our sins and to cleanse us from all 
I mean A-L-L, God means A-L-L, unrighteousness. That's in 1 John 1.19. We're in the book of Proverbs, verse 11. He that tilleth his land shall be satisfied with bread. Well, you know, we're in the gospel field now. God said that man shall earn his bread by the sweat of his brow. How many men do that today? They're laying around doing nothing, getting government grants uh, to make them uh, not work with their own hands, their own welfare. And the people that uh, are actually working are paying for their laziness and their sinfulness. They're not doing a thing. So he that tilleth his land shall be satisfied with bread. Those that uh, uh, plow, the Lord says that we are God's farm. And if we plow the gospel, if uh, the world is the field, and we're supposed to plow the field, we're supposed to go into the world with the gospel and till the land and will be satisfied with bread. Because God said through David, he says, I've been young and I'm old now. And he said, I've never seen in my whole life the seed of the righteous begging for bread. The righteous will receive their bread, their uh, living. But he that followeth vain persons is void of understanding. They just, yeah, they're void of understanding because understanding tells you that if you work, you're going to eat. The Bible says, if you don't work, you don't eat. And man, you're supposed to be earning your bread by the sweat of your brow. What are you doing staying at home changing the baby's diapers? That's not the man's job. No man can successfully do that. And let the wife go out to work. And you cook the meals. And this is so sick. It's unbelievable. It's totally against God. Verse 12. The wicked desireth the net of evil men. They like to join up with them. But the root of the righteous yieldeth fruit. Now, it seems like I did these scriptures yesterday, didn't I? Yes. Where did I leave off? Verse 18, so we're going to move down to there. All right, I just didn't have it marked. See, even I make mistakes. Isn't that something that doesn't hurt you, though? The reproof of the word of God is the way of life. So here we are at verse 18. There is that that speaketh like the um, piercings of a sword. I think I did this too. But the tongue of the wise is health. Well, the tongue of those that fear God is health. I'm going to mark this here so I don't repeat myself. The lip of truth shall be established. Well, that's one thing I want to do is always tell the truth. Because I want you folks out in Radioland to believe me. If I'm telling you something, you're hearing the truth. And um, 
That's how I got established in the world. In the world, I'm established. Because I do what God says. And you'll never be established if you don't do what the Lord says. You may think that, oh, I'm just about ready to make it and you'll die. You'll be like a man that's uh, collecting gold uh, coins in a bucket, but there's holes in the bucket. The lip of truth shall be established forever. They go to heaven forever, but a lying tongue is but for a moment. You won't be around. If you're a liar, you won't be long, around long. Verse 20, deceit is in the heart of them that imagine evil. Do you have evil imaginations? If you do, well, there's deceit in you. Why? Only God knows your spirit, your soul, your mind like this. But to the counselors of peace is joy. Well, a counselor of peace is preaching the Prince of Peace, which is Jesus. And there's joy in our doing that. I can't think of anything that makes me more happy and more peaceful than to be preaching the gospel because I know those that honor God, he will honor them. Verse 21, there shall no evil happen to the just, but the wicked shall be filled with mischief. So there's no evil that can happen to the just because even if evil seems to be happening to us, we still have the Lord. We still have our salvation. And if we die or somebody did something bad to us or put us in prison, the Lord's still there with us. And so there's no evil that happened to the just. The most evil thing is that you're not with the Lord and that you're on your way to hell. But the wicked shall be filled with mischief, not the Lord. Those that are, um, uh, that uh, there's no evil happening to, that's because they're filled with Jesus. They're filled with the word of God. And uh, the wicked shall be filled with mischief. You have to make your choice. Verse 22, lying lips are an abomination to the Lord. But they that deal truly are the Lord's delight. Uh, a prudent man concealeth knowledge, but the heart of the fools proclaim, uh, pro proclaim foolishness. Verse 24, the hand of the diligent shall bear rule. You have to be diligent. You can't serve the Lord one day and then relax the next and think, well, I've done enough for God so I can go on a vacation or I can go out and have fun, 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 fun. And that isn't the way it works. We have to bear the cross every day and follow Jesus every day. The hand of the diligent, uh, who they serve God diligently every day, shall bear rule every day. But the slothful shall be under tribute. Verse 25, heaviness in the heart of men maketh it stoop 
but a good word maketh it glad. Praise the Lord. There's a lot of promises of those. These are all promises of God. The righteous is more excellent. This is a promise. Than his neighbor. But the way of the wicked seduceth them. That's what these seducing spirits are today that are telling people when they reach puberty that they can't get married, but you can commit fornication in school, they say. Here's some rubbers and, uh, you know, some uh, birth control pills. And then if you get pregnant, go down to the uh, first degree murder parlor and have uh, and murder your child. God promises, one of the great promises of God is that uh, if you do these things, you're going to die, you're going to hell. The slothful man roasteth not that which he took in hunting. They kill an animal and they just let it rot. But the substance of a diligent man is precious. In other words, if God gave you a wife, that's supposed to be precious to you because God gave it to you. And if God gave you a house, that's supposed to be precious to you. God never meant that the government should rule your house or take it away from you. We're all supposed to be living in our own homes that God gave us and our furniture we're supposed to take care of our furniture. Um, all these things, that's what it means. To a diligent and godly man is precious to him. Verse 28. In the way of righteousness, in other words, in the way of the Lord, is life. Eternal life. And in the pathway thereof, there is no death. So that's the end of chapter 12. Now, one of the great promises of God is that ye shall seek me. I mean, through my word, you can seek me. And you, if you seek me, you'll find me. When, and I say only when, ye shall search uh, for me with all your heart. That's Jeremiah 29, 13. The whole, the entire heart must be yielded to God. Or the change can never be brought about. If you don't yield your entire heart to God, this change from a carnal person to a spiritual person, a new creature can never be brought about in us by which we are to be restored to his likeness and to his image. How can we ever be restored to his likeness and image unless we give us, fling open the doors of our heart and just yield everything unto him? By nature, everyone on the face of the earth is alienated from God before we are reconciled or linked to him until we are brought back to him. The Holy Spirit describes our condition in these words, quote, that we're dead 
in trespasses and sins. Quote, the whole head is sick and the whole heart faint. Uh, so I know a soundness, a soundness is in it. Unquote. The Bible tells us that we are held fast in the snare of the devil or of Satan. We are, quote, taken captive by him at his will. Ephesians 2, 1. Isaiah uh, 1, 5, and 6. 2 Timothy 2, 26. God's will is to heal us, to set us free. But since this requires an entire transformation, a renewing of our whole nature, we must yield ourselves entirely to him. You can't uh, 10% or 50% or 99 and 9 tenths percent be totally transformed. You must be entirely transformed. Uh, you must be completely free of the way you walked before you knew him. Entirely, we must yield ourselves entirely to him. We're actually declaring warfare against ourself. And that is the greatest battle that was ever fought on the face of this earth or will ever be fought. The yielding of ourselves, of the surrendering of everything that we are, all of us, that is, 100% of us, to the will of God requires a battle, a struggle. Paul said, I fought a good fight. I struggled a good fight. I won. But the soul must submit itself to God before it can be renewed in holiness. How are you going to be holy if you don't give your entire self to the Holy One? The government of God is not as Satan wants to make it appear. It's founded upon a blind submission. It's founded upon an unreasoning control. We don't. Uh, it uh, appeals to the intellect of the average person and their conscience. Quote, come now, God says, and let us reason together. Isaiah one eighteen is the creator. His uh, invitation to us, we humanoids, we humans, he has made. God does not force us to do his will. He doesn't do that at all. He doesn't force the will of his good uh, um, uh, reaches. I'm talking about not riches, but reaches. His good reaches. He cannot accept a human soul that is not willing and intelligently given to God of our own will and merely forced submission. If we were forced to submit to God, 
it would prevent all of our actual, our realistic development of our mind or character. Uh, we wouldn't have to do anything. We'd just let him make a robot out of us. And so there wouldn't be any development in us. There wouldn't be, you know, many people say, well, if God wants me to be holy, then I'm here to make me holy. No, we have to strive for it. We have to war for it. Excuse the little delays. There's a pot of coffee here, and I have to take a slug of it every few minutes here. It would make humans a mere automation a robot this is not the purpose of god our creator his desire is that man which is his crowning work of glory his creation his creative power shall reach the highest possible development he puts before us the height of blessing he tells us of the height of blessing to the extent that he wants to bring us through his power to the highest state of development. He wants us to grow to the fullness of the stature of Christ, but we have to be willing to do that. This desire uh, it has to come from our will. In our soul, there's a will. We can will to do that. Or we can will to go out and party and to do the things that uh, everyone does because everyone does it. God invites us to give ourselves to him that he may work his will in us. This is what Jesus said, quote, not my will but thy will be done, unquote. It remains for us to make a choice. We must do it. We must choose whether we will be set free from the bondage of sin, Satan, and the world in order for us to be able to share the glorious liberty of the sons of God. God sets us free. The devil binds us, but Jesus sets us free. That's the song. The devil had me bound, but Jesus sets me free. Satan had me bound, but Jesus set me free. Satan had me bound, but Jesus set me free. Singing glory, hallelujah. Jesus, and only Jesus, can set you or me free. In giving ourselves to God, we must absolutely give up all that would separate us from him, from God. Therefore, Jesus tells us, quote, Whosoever he be of you that forsaketh not all that he has, he cannot be my disciple. That's Luke 14.33. Whatever shall draw away the heart from God must be done away with. Must be given up. We can't serve God and mammon. 
Mammon is the idol of many hundreds of millions of even billions of people. The love of money is the root of all evil. The love of money, the lust to desire for wealth, is the actual allure of Satan that binds everyone to Satan. The love of money. Reputation and worldly honor are worshipped by another large uh, class of people. This life of selfishness and ease and freedom and uh, from responsibility is the idol of many hundreds of millions of people. But these slavish bondages must be broken. They must be given up. People cannot be half the Lord's and half the world's or half Satan's. We are not God's children unless we are given entirely unto him. Uh, my sons and my daughters can't be somebody else's. They're mine. But then when they receive eternal life, uh, the new birth, the spiritual birth, they can't belong to God and Satan. Many hundreds of millions profess to serve God while they rely upon their own efforts to obey his law, to form a right character and secure salvation. Their hearts are not moved by any deep sense of the love of Christ, but they seek to perform the duties of the Christian life, they think, is that which God requires of them in order to uh, gain heaven. This kind of religion is worth zelch, nothing at all. I'm going to have to take this up. Uh, we have letters now. Uh, make sure you tune in tomorrow to hear more of this sort of talk. Uh, where's the, the letters from, Sharon? From India. India, okay, let's hear it. Respected Sir Tony Alamo, greetings in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. I'm very glad to have fellowship and correspondence with you in our Lord Jesus Christ's work. I'm Pastor Raju, I am 31 years old and also married, and I have a son and a daughter. I'm working hard for the growth of the kingdom of God by preaching the gospel and teaching the truth in my village and its surrounding areas. Sir, I read your article entitled Salt. It was very good. I'm thankful to you because the article was explained wonderfully and the topic is useful to all believers in our daily lives. Your article is very useful to teach the believers in my surrounding area. I do greatly rejoice in your literature. I've never seen anyone explain the scriptures so clearly with God's true meaning as understandably as you do. Your literature helped our spiritual life by raising us to a new level of understanding the things of God. I have read other literature, but yours is in keeping with the word of God. Thanks a lot to the Lord our God for giving this excellent knowledge to you. We thought that we would put the name Holy Alamo Christian Church on our church in Copavaram. Please give your permission and we will continue with your fellowship. I need your fellowship, guidance, and your valuable prayers. We're regularly praying for you, your family, and all the dedicated members in your ministry. If available, please send a Bible and other literature. Thank you, your brother in Christ, Pastor Raju, from Copavaram, India. 
If you have another, that is very wonderful, and I thank and praise the Lord for those people. If you have another short one, go ahead and read it. We only got a few seconds left. From Malawi, Africa. Dear Pastor Lamo, greetings in the Lord. Every time we receive the newsletters, our people are blessed and strengthened in the faith. We've conducted gospel crusades in every village and town and distributed Alamo newsletters and booklets. Many people have turned from darkness of sin into the glorious gospel of light through the reading of these newsletters. We need another container of newsletters for distribution. Please pray for us. May God bless your efforts. Yours in his service, Pastor Sanud from Lucenza, Malawi, Africa. Okay, now it's time for us to uh, repent, all right? Those of you that haven't repented yet and yet forsaking your sins, uh, start the way you start out is uh, by saying this prayer to the Lord. Say to him, uh, and this is for your own good, uh, nobody else's, unless you get saved and start uh, learning the gospel and preaching it, then you'll be uh, doing a lot of good for a, many, a lot of people, however many you reach. Say to the Lord, my Lord and my God, have mercy upon my soul of sinner. I believe that the Lord Jesus Christ came into this world and died on the cross and shed his precious blood for the forgiveness of all my former filthy sins. And I believe that you, Father God, raised Jesus from the dead by the power of the Holy Spirit. I open the door of my heart and I invite you into my heart, Lord Jesus, with your Father and the Holy Spirit. Wash all my former filthy sins away in the precious blood that you shed for me, Jesus, on the cross at Calvary. You will not turn me away, Lord Jesus. You will save my soul, I know, because your word says so. Your word says that all who call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And I'm calling upon you, Lord, and therefore I trust you at your word. Uh, I know that you've heard me, and I know that you have answered me, and I know that I'm saved. And I thank and praise your holy name for saving my eternal, everlasting soul. Now just raise your hands and praise and thank the Lord. And share and tell everyone in our listening audience how they can receive a copy of this tape, number 793. Go to alamoministries.com or write to Tony Alamo Christian Ministries, P.O. Box 6467, Texarkana, Texas, 75505. Or call area code 479-782-7370. That's 479-782-7370. Or fax to area code 479-782-7406. All right, praise the Lord. Here I am to sing for you. Stand by me. When the storms of life are raging, stand by me. Stand by me. When the storms of life are raging, stand by me. When the world is tossing me like a ship out on the sea, now who relaxed wind and water stand by me. Stand by me. 
When I'm growing old and feeling Stand by me When I'm growing old and feeble, stand by me. Stand by me. When I do the best I can, and my friends misunderstand. Now who never lost a battle Stand by me Stand by me Now who never lost a battle Stand by me